Let, let me jump back into this, and I'm going to do just a little bit of a review, not much, but a little bit of a review so that we know we're tracking together. Uh, several months ago, uh, or, or over the past few months, we've been in a theme around here um, as a result of God's Word that was spoken at the beginning of the year, and that theme is make no little plans here. And I am not going to let you get away from that. Make no little plans here. Uh, God gave a word to God's people in the Word of God, and the Bible says because they let that word go, that word did not profit them. So, so, so never get tired of hearing it over and over. Make no little plans here. I believe that's a word from heaven for this church as we move forward. We see that principle in our text that we've been using all uh, summer long. And it's in Isaiah chapter 49, verse 5. It's uh, where Isaiah declares, he says, he says this, he says, I find the source of all my strength in my God, who says. That, that's, that's powerful just right there. I find the source of all my strength in my God, who, who says. Do, do you hear what he's saying there? He's saying, I... I I get strength in my God, not, not just, just because he's my God, but because of what he says. If this will get deep in your heart, it'll begin to give you the strength you need to move forward. He says, a God who says, and this is what he actually says, he says, it is too small of a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved ones of Israel. I will also make you a light to the nations so that my salvation may reach to the ends of the end of the earth. He says, I find strength in a God who says it's too small of a thing. You, you'll get happy if they get a, give a, get a revelation of that. When God looks over your life and he says, it, it's too small of a thing. When he looks over your bank account and he says, it's too small of a thing. See, see I don't think we really understand uh, the God we serve and the bigness and the vastness of what He wants to do in our lives. And He, he really is correcting a people's mindsets by, by telling them, I can do more in your life. I mean, if you really believe that, you'd get happy right now. To, just to know that God could, that, I, that I'm not stuck, that, 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 that there's more to life than what I've experienced. All of a sudden, you begin to get strength because he's a God that wants to do more in your life. And he's challenging their mindsets and their thinking because they were thinking way too small. They were thinking about just reaching one nation. And God says, I don't just have a nation in my heart. I've got the whole world in my heart. God says it's too small of a thing. It's a biblical principle. And I declare over your life that it's not getting smaller. It's getting bigger, it's getting better, it's getting brighter, come on, it's getting greater. I mean, just to begin to believe that God can do exceedingly abundantly above all that I could ever think or ask, all of a sudden the, the, the sunshine begins to shine again. The hope comes back in your life again. Like I already said, when you realize you're not stuck and that you serve a God that can make a way where there seems to be no way, all of a sudden strength starts coming back in your life. Again, this biblical principle is all over the place, and that's the word 
for God's people and for this house. Make no little plans. Why? Because God's not making any little plans. He has more and more and more. Come on. Could anybody use some increase? Could anybody use some blessings? I, I like what he says in Jeremiah chapter 30. We've looked at this before, but just in way of review, God is talking to a people that he was restoring and restoration was coming back to their life. They had been depra- depressed and they had been found, they'd been found in captivity. So, so, so they were in a real discouraged point. And notice what God says to them. Thanksgiving will pour out of the windows. Laughter will spill through the doors. That's good news if you've been sad. That's good news if you've been depressed. That's good news. Oh, you ought to see what I'm looking at. I said, that's good news. If you've lived in depression and you've lived in discouragement and you've lived in captivity and God comes along and says, you're going to start getting happy. Thanksgiving's going to pour out of your life. Laughter will spill through the doors. Notice this, things will get better, not worse, not worse. See, some of you, so much has happened, you're just waiting for the next shoe to drop. Every time that phone rings or that text comes through, fear grips your heart. But I'm here to stir you up, a spirit of faith, that all of a sudden that next text message could be the breakthrough that you're looking for. That next phone call could be the increase that you're looking for. God says, God says, God says, God says, God says, things will get better and better. Look to your neighbor, tap them, say things are going to get better and better. Do you believe it? Make no little plans here. Things will get better and better and better. We've been looking at the book of Joshua and how God used Joshua to lead God's people into a new season of expansion and enlargement. Let me, let me go through this because I want to make sure we're on the same page because where we're going for the month of September and November, I believe is going to transform this church. I, I've been waiting for this moment. I believe God is going to transform our... Why not now? Why not you? Why not your family? And so God is using Joshua to bring expansion and enlargement before God, but before God can do that with his people, before they can cross over into the big things that God had for them, before they could go and possess the promised land, a land of amazing resources and blessings, God begins to talk to Joshua, their leader, and he talks to the people of God about three specific things. We've been talking about it all summer long, and we will get through this. He talks about three things. Some of you, you only come once every six weeks, so you don't even know where we're at. So we're going to say it every week, and so you're just caught up. God talks to them about three things. He talks to them about their yesterdays, and he tells them that he has healing for their yesterdays. How many of you know it's easy to get stuck in the pain of your yesterdays? And when you get stuck in the pain of your yesterdays, you miss out on the big things that God has for you. God comes along and he says, Joshua, I I need the people to know this, that I have healing for their... Oh, I feel that. Somebody needs to hear that today. There's healing for your yesterday. There's healing for that painful event that happened to you. 
You're not going to be able to experience the big things that God has for you if you don't allow him to heal the brokenness that's in you. And God tells the people that I have healing for your yesterdays, but then he goes on and says, also your tomorrows, prepare yourself because I have miracles for your tomorrows. I have supernatural happenings for your tomorrows. Now, now none of this works without faith. So if you don't get excited about it, it's not happening for you because excitement is an indicator you're in faith. God says, I have, tell my people that I'm a God of miracles and I have miracles, supernatural happenings in their future. How, how sucky, how, how sucky of a life it would be if you had no miracles in your future. If you had none of God's ability in your future, we're just existing. We're just surviving. But God says, I not only have healing for your yesterdays, I have supernatural miracles for your tomorrows. But then God begins to talk to his people about their todays. He tells them, I've got your yesterdays covered. I have your tomorrows covered. But I need you to do something. Hello, responsibility. I need you to do something with your todays. God says, I'll do my part if I can just get my people to do their part. And their part is their todays. And so we've been going over five specific things. We call them preparations that God asked his people to do before they could cross over into the big things that God had for them. And we talked, first of all, the first preparation or the first responsibility, if they wanted to experience the big things of God, the blessings of God, is that they would have to prepare their priority. In other words, that they would have to have a priority of God's Word in their life, that the Word of God would have to be their final authority if God was going to be able to do miracles in their tomorrows. If you want God's power in your tomorrow, you can't live your life the way you want to live it. You've got to live it by the authority of God's Word. Somebody say amen. The second thing we looked at was we looked at the the preparation of position, the preparation of position. Uh, God says, I need you to prepare a position that has to do with a daily position of courage that fears no evil. We spent the whole month of August talking about how we need to prepare ourselves, that, that fear is not our friend. Fear, if you want to know what the devil looks like, he, he looks like fear. I said, he looks like fear. He shows up with fear, and that's what you have to resist. And if you're going to see the big things of God, you have to have a position that refuses to tolerate fear in your life. The Bible says if you will resist the devil, he will flee. Some of you think that you can't get rid of fear. All you have to do is resist it. <laughs> Hello. Sometimes we yield to it. I know I had some blisters, you know, popping out all over my skin, you know, this last week, and not all over it. You know, before it was over, I thought I had leprosy or something. What the heck's going on? I said, baby, look at this. It's a little blister here and a little blister there, and, and uh, my doctor's in here, so maybe she can figure it out, but anyhow. And, and, and I thought, well, I'll just go Google that. 
And I heard the voice of the Lord say, don't you do it. The last time we Googled something, my wife had me having some kind of, you don't want me to go there, don't you? You don't want me to go there. We had all kind. What? See, a lot of times instead of saying, hey, you know what, Blister, you don't belong on my body. Get out of my house. Open the door. Kick that thing out. Why would I even want to begin to play with it? And, and you know, they're already disappearing. Don't have leprosy. Hello, somebody. But you know, you start yielding to that. All of a sudden, you, by the end of the day, I, I had all kinds of issues going on. What, what is that? You're yielding to fear instead of resisting. God says, if I'm going to do big things in your life, if you're going to have health and healing, you've got to stand against fear. The, the way the enemy brings to you what you don't want is you begin to fear it. And, the, and Job said, the thing I feared has come upon me. I could teach that all day long. Let's go to number three, new territory. We're going to talk about preparing your passion. Preparing your passion. There's a priority, there's a position, and now there is a passion. And passion has to do with what you give your life to. Has to do with what you give your life to. So this preparation has to do with passion. It is a daily passion that fully surrenders to God. Fully surrenders to God. I didn't think I'd get a big amen. In fact, I'm not sure I'd get a whole lot of amens today, but I'll amen myself. Because if you ever get this, if we ever start doing this, it is a game changer. Notice where it's mentioned in Joshua, Joshua 3, 5. Then Joshua said to the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do miracles among you. So Joshua says, tomorrow God's going to do miracles, but then Joshua gave them and introduces them to some instructions that they were supposed to do in their todays. God said, Joshua says, today you consecrate yourself, and the promise is God will do miracles tomorrow. You see, consecration, hear this, comes before the miracles. Consecration comes before the miracles. Without consecrations, your tomorrows have no promise of God's supernatural help. That's a huge statement. Without you consecrating yourself, your tomorrows have no promise of God's supernatural help. God's promise is that if you consecrate, then he'll do miracles. It's right there in Joshua 3.5. Now, this is my assignment today. And even next week, we'll spend two weeks on this, to emphasize this biblical principle, that our consecration comes before God's blessings. There's just one point today. This is it. Your consecration comes before God's blessings. God's promise is we consecrate ourselves today, then tomorrow we will see God move in our lives. So what is this? It's an invitation. It's God giving us an invitation to a better tomorrow. Does anybody want a better tomorrow? I'm just not sure you want to do it God's way, right? And that's the problem with the church because there's so many other ways of doing it, right? The devil's got a thousand ways to do it. Oh, but the end thereof ends up in sorrow in your life. God says, if you want to do it my way, you consecrate today, and I'll do the miracles tomorrow. 
So God has given an invitation to a better tomorrow. His part is the miracles. Our part is what? The consecration. So let's define the word consecrate. It's a Hebrew word. Uh, we find this word uh, over 171 times in the Bible. It's, we've talked about this before, so this would be a great, great review. It's a Hebrew word, Kadesh, Kadesh. It's the Hebrew word Kadesh. It's, it's in its basic definition, it just simply means to separate or to be set apart. So when God says to Kadesh, he says to consecrate yourself, he's saying to, to be separate or to be set apart. That is a, a real generic definition. But to really understand this word consecrate, you've got to go deeper. And I want to give you more specifically what this word specifically means so that you will know your responsibility. Here it is. It means to be separated or set apart unto God. Huge. It's, that's absolutely huge. It's not just to be set apart, but it's to be set apart unto, unto God. Why is that so important? Because there's another word in the Hebrew language. It's, it, the Hebrew word is kodesh, not kadesh. It's kodesh. That word is also translated uh, consecrate throughout your English Bible. So if you don't go back to the original Hebrew words, you would not know which one is being used. Kodesh means to be separated not unto God, but to be separated from ungodly things. This is not Kodesh, to be separated from ungodly things or worldly things. This is Kodesh, to be separated unto God. How many of you tracking with me right now? So this word consecrated or Kodesh specifically means to be separated unto a holy God. So it has to do with an inward devotion of the heart, not an outward action of the flesh. Are you with me? So Joshua is not saying separate from things. That's a good thing. But he's not saying consecrate or separate from things and then God will do miracles tomorrow. He's saying separate. He's saying, he's saying separate unto God. He's not saying separate from things, but separate yourself unto God. And then that love for God will cause you to lose your love for sinful things. Yeah. You didn't hear that. See, most of us growing up in church, we thought we got to just separate from the, the worldly things, but that's not what the Bible's teaching here. What the Bible's really teaching is if you separate unto, a, unto God, that love for God will turn your love for sinful things away. You, you won't have a love for sinful things if you fall in love for God. If you get passionately in love with God, your desire for sinful things will automatically go away. So you can Kodesh all you want, and you're going to have a miserable life. But if you ever start to Kodesh, Kodesh, to separate and consecrate yourself to God, come on, we're going somewhere because then God does the outward work while you do the inward work of passion and love to Him. That's some good stuff right there. Kodesh. Everybody say Kodesh. Kadesh has to do with surrendering your heart to God. It has to do with a wholehearted, passionate devotion unto God. Track with me. So when Joshua says or God says, consecrate yourself, 
and I'll do miracles. He's saying, I want your whole heart. I want you to, I can do miracles, but you've got to surrender to me. To consecrate means, it, it means to give God your all. Not 90%. See, it's funny how that works in the church, right? I mean, if I was to tell you, you know, I love my wife, I love her about 90%, but the other 10% I give to other lovers. You would think I was the worst husband on the face of the earth. But we buy that garbage with God. Come in here, you know, I love God, I just don't have a lot of time for Him. Really? You don't love God. It is to give God your all. It's a key, it's an answer. To consecrate is to be completely sold out for God. Oh, my I have flashbacks of the, of, of the early 70s. In the, in the late 60s, my grandpa preaching, he was a preacher. I could, have his, I could hear his voice preaching. You've got to be sold out to God. That was old school church. You've got to be sold out. I think we need to bring it into new school church. You've got to be sold out. If you want God to do something special in your life, you've got to be sold out. You've got to kadesh. You've got to consecrate yourself unto God. Maybe, don't get mad at me. I'm just delivering the news today. But maybe this is why we're so miserable, so frustrated. Why isn't God doing miracles in our life? You know what I think God is doing, saying? Because we're saying, God, where's the miracle? And God's saying, where's the consecration? Where's the kadesh? We're blaming it on God, and God is waiting for us to move. God says, I've already got your yesterday's covered. i got your tomorrow's covered. I just need you to do something with your today. And that's why the enemy and everything else in this world is bidding for your time. Because the enemy knows if he can get your love, if he can get your devotion, if he can get your heart, he knows he can keep miracles out of your life. There's no baseball on the face of the earth that can heal you from cancer. Hello. If we want revival, just want to be a cute church and try to make it to heaven, be miserable on our way there, then let's just keep doing the religious. Oh, but if we want revival... God is looking for a people that said, Lord, I'll sell out for you. You'll get all my heart. You'll get all my surrender. Come on, celebration. That's where we're going. God is looking for some Kadesh. He's looking for some consecration. And he says, if I ever find it, I'll do miracles among them. It's miracle time. It's miracle time in your home. It's miracle time in your family. Woo. Feel the preach coming on right here. To consecrate is fully giving yourself unto God to serve His purpose and to live for His plan. (laughs) Let me give you the best, simplest definition. I think they're going to put it on the screen. Tattoo this on your forehead. It means you are fully surrendered to God. It means you are fully surrendered. Kadesh, do you guys have that? Fully surrendered. That's what God's looking for. I said, that's what God's looking for. He's given you an invitation. He says, if you'll Kadesh, I'll do mighty things in your life. Are you tired? Are you miserable? Are you frustrated trying to make ends meet and work? 
Are you tired of running around trying to figure out the meaning of life? God is saying, i got an invitation for you. If you'll give me your full surrender, I'll show you my power. Consecration has everything to do with who and what you give your life to. It has everything to do with who and what. Let, let me read Joshua 3, 5 in a different translation because this translation really defines consecration that I've been defining from the Hebrew word Kadesh. In Joshua 3, 5 in the NIRV, it says, Joshua said to the people, set yourselves, watch it, apart to the Lord. So this translation doesn't translate it consecrate. It translates it out of its definition to separate yourself, not from worldly things. See, that's, that's the issue. We're trying to stop doing the things we know we need to stop doing. You're not going to stop doing the things you shouldn't be doing until you fall in love with a God that can empower you to overcome the things you're doing. Joshua said, the people set yourselves apart to the Lord. Tomorrow he'll do amazing. You know what some of those amazing things are? That addiction from porn, gone. Hello. When you begin to devote your life to God, every, every form of bondage, every form of sickness, every form of disease, everything that's hindering you, everything that's stopping you, now God has access to bring his judgment and to bring freedom and power and miracles to your life. God says, I've got miracles. If I could just find a people who would Kadesh, who would consecrate themselves. I read a story about an Indian reservation and some special meetings were happening nightly at this Indian reservation. They were, uh, they were having this among the American Indians there and, and uh, so happened that the Indian chief got saved in these meetings and he was so moved by God and in his heart that when it came time to receive the offering the next night, the following night, he walks down. Hear this story. He walks down the aisle and he says, tonight, I, I'm so moved by what God did in my life last night. I'm going, to, I'm going to give God my bow tonight. And he comes down and he places his bow in the offering basket. The next night comes and he still wants to do more for God. He, his heart is moved and it's offering time. And he walks down again the aisle. He says, he says, last night I gave my bow, but it wasn't enough. Tonight I'm going to give my arrows. And so he puts his arrows in the offering basket that night. And then the next night, he even wanted to do more. He felt like there was still something more he had to do for God. And so he brought his big headdress with him that night that represented his, his status and his honor and his bravery. And he's walking down the altar and he he, he places his headdress in the basket, in the offering basket that night as they were receiving the offering. And the next night, he still wanted to do more. He's given his bow. He's given his arrows. He's given his headdress. He's saying, what else do I have that I can give? And he walks down the aisle, and he goes where the big baskets are, and he said, he says, I'll give more than my bow, and I'll give more than my arrows, and I'll give more than my headdress. Tonight, I'm going to give my life. And he stepped into the basket and said, tonight, Lord, you have my life. 
Why do I say that story? Because that's what consecration looks like. It's not your arrows. It's not your bows. It's not your car. It's not your little tithe. It is your life. It is everything that you have. Stepping into the baskets and say, Lord, I completely surrender to, to you. Woo! I believe God is speaking to his people, to this generation. God is calling us to consecration, to Kadesh. Why? Why, why would God be calling us to consecration, to get rid of our fun? God's not wanting to mess with your fun. Don't make, don't make God that kind of God. God doesn't want to mess with your fun. God wants you to Kadesh because God has miracles on his mind. God wants to display his power in your lives. Without consecration, you will not see God's power in your life. God's power, God's ability, God's supernatural help doesn't just happen automatically. I want you to hear this. Tom, Tom, you can come back. God's power and God's miracles doesn't just happen automatically. We've, we've made it almost like it's magic. The Bible's not magic. It's not there to just bail you out when you need Him. You do things on purpose. We obey the Word, and then God produces things in our life because of our obedience. <laughs> God's power, God's ability, God's supernatural help doesn't just happen automatically in your life. It requires something of you, and that's what the church doesn't like. Hmm. Might be thinning this church out a little bit today. That, that we don't want responsibility. We don't want our part of the deal. We, we just want God to bail us out and to live our lives like the way we want to live them. And then we wonder why we're frustrated and we're miserable and why the Word is not working. Because we have our today responsibilities. What have we missed out on? What could God have done in our lives if we would have Kadeshed? Fully surrendered. Uh, consecrations all through the Bible. If you don't want to read it, you probably shouldn't read your Bible. Paul says it this way in Philippians 1, 21. He says, to me, the only important thing about living is Christ. Paul describes consecration right here. He says, to me, everybody has to make this decision. But Paul says, for me, the only important thing about living is Christ. Paul says, I live for no other reasons but to do the will of the Lord. He goes on to shed light that this wasn't just something for him. He says in 1 Corinthians 6.20, he says, You're, you, you actually owe God your consecration. He says in verse 20, you have been purchased at a great price. So use your body to enjoy your life. No. He says, use your body, or you can put another word in there. Use your life to bring glory to God. Paul's saying, use your life to serve God. Don't miss this. Use your life to serve 
God. I think it's humorous. People say all the time, yeah, we, we serve the Lord. Well, what do you mean by serving the Lord? Well, we go to Sunday church. That's serving the Lord? People say, well, you know, we, our family, we serve the Lord. Well, what, what do you actually do? Because if all you're doing is coming to church, actually, we're serving you. When, when are you going to do something? When, when are you going to shoulder some way? When are you going to help build the king? When are you going to help build the church, the Lord Jesus Christ? The only thing that he's, you, you said and spectated. Can't get no help around here. We busy. We, we serving the Lord. You ain't serving the Lord. Just thin in the crowd a little bit. You watch. You watch how this thing's going to explode because miracles, signs, and wonders. Come on, go on. it's going to hit us head-on collision. It's a, Paul, says, Paul says, we owe it to God. It, it's funny, after, after hmm, you can't hardly get anybody to do anything after COVID. No, I'm just going to sit here and drink. Well, don't call it serving the Lord. You're being served. That's not serving the Lord. That's not what the Bible defines as serving the Lord. What, why we are limited and hindered to, to host and to do and to reach a lost and dying world because, because Christians are just tired of doing nothing? I'm just hitting on something today. I believe I'm talking to people who want the signs and the wonders and the miracles, and I'm just here to tell you, it doesn't happen automatically. We got our part for God to do His part, and we have to condemn. And that is more than just sitting and watching. It's participating and getting involved in the kingdom business. Paul says, you, you owe it. Jesus said, he talked about this subject. You're, you're going to like this one too. Jesus said to him in Matthew 22, verse 37, they asked him, Lord, Lord, Lord what is the greatest commandment? And the Lord's going to talk about consecration. Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all, with all, with all, with all your heart, with all your soul, <laughs> with all your mind. Come on, hang with me. I'm looking for a good place to park here. Get you happy before you leave. Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great, that's, that, that's Kadesh right there. That's consecration right there. In fact, the, 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 the message translation that you, will, that, you, that you will love the Lord with all your passion. That's the reason why we call this a passion. It's, it's, a, it's a passion. It's, a, what, it's what you give your life to. The passion of surrendering unto God. The first thing that God demands from you, according to Jesus, is all of you. God doesn't want just part of you. God wants all of you. He wants all you've got. He wants your devotion. He wants your dedication. He wants your worship. He wants your faithfulness. Now, now if you're not interested in miracles, you're not interested in God's help, none of this matters to you. I'm talking to the church-going people that are frustrated like I'm frustrated and saying, there's more. Make no little plans. 
Come on, it's too small of a thing. God wants to do more. But he says, before I could do the more, before I could do the big things, before I could take you into a land that flows with milk and honey, I've got your, oh, I got your yesterday's covered and I got your tomorrow's covered. I just need a people that'll Kadesh, people that'll consecrate themselves to God. Stand to your feet. I'm not, I'm not done. I'm looking for a place to hang up here. Some of you, I know I won't have another shot at you, so I need, I need to see if I can't get this in. Lean over to your neighbor and say, I think he's talking to you today. You picked the right Sunday to come. Church, why would you want your preacher to get up and lie to you? You know what? I, I, because if we don't Kadesh, let me tell you what your life's going to be. Sucky, sucky, sucky. You're going to be miserable. You're going to be frustrated. That's the reason why church-going people are the most the meanest people on the planet earth. Don't, don't lie to me. Church going people are the meanest people. Uh, why? Because it doesn't work for them. And the reason why it's not working for them is they're not doing their part. I'm here to tell you, joy can come back to the church if we start doing what the church is required. We get ugly, we get mean, because we come in here and we say, this is the right stuff, and why doesn't everybody else want it? Why would everybody else want it? And look like you, depressed, discouraged, broke, give me a break. Come on, somebody, we got our part. We're going into the promised land. We're gonna contest, we're gonna give God our full surrender, and when we give us, God all of us. You know what, I'll just stop with this. Take names, all my ushers, take, make sure you get names because I want to know who comes back next week. Oh, dear Jesus. When you give God all you got, get ready. God's getting ready to give you all he's got. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Give the Lord a hand clap and praise. Come on. We're on the move. I see miracles in your future. I see miracles in your, your tomorrows. I see miracles in your life. We're going to Kadesh. We're going to consecrate. Woo! I'm stopping. How many still love your pastor? talk about consecration, it's not about you trying to clean yourself up. So important you hear this today. I was raised in church, you had to try to clean yourself up. Just try harder, just try harder, do better, try harder. That's not the kingdom message. The kingdom message is surrender completely and fully to God and watch God deliver you from every addiction and stronghold. You don't have to try harder, you just have to say, here I am, Lord, and climb in that basket and give God your all. Come on, give God your all. It's not enough to give God your bow. It's not enough to give God your arrows. It's not enough to give God just your headdress. Give God your whole life and God will give his life to you. Come on, somebody shout yes. Miracles are coming, Anthony, miracles. Revival, why not now? Why not revival? Come on, use that that Fresno State game last night. Why not that place packed out with worship going? Come on, where's our dreamers again? Come on, where's the believers around here? 
It's too small of a thing. God wants to do more in our community. And I'm here to tell you, it starts with you. It starts with me. It starts with His church. And if the church begins to get it right, there's a lost and dying world that'll have hope out there. Father, seal this word in our hearts today. God, I'm moved with this. Phew. You know why I'm moved with this? Because I've been doing this all my life now. I've been pastoring this church 30 years, and I know the temptation that I have to fight constantly to just do convenient Christianity. Just calm down. It don't, it'll take all of that, Randy. You don't need to be passionate, and it scares Mm, I can't even tell you what it, how it scares me to realize 30 years in and I'm not on fire for my God like I was in my 20s. I used to dream about in my 20s going into hospital rooms, raising people up out of six beds, sick beds. When's the last time you dreamed like you dreamed when you first got saved? When's the last time you burned where all you wanted to do is get on your knees and cry out to God and to weep? And say, God, here's my life. You're everything to me. It's so easy to play the religious game, and then we get frustrated wondering why God's not doing his part. Celebration is not a religious game. Celebration is an end-time church for an end-time revival, for an end-time move. And we're in position, and God is looking for those, and he says, I got an invitation for you. He says, I got your yesterdays covered and I got your tomorrows covered. I'm just needing you to do something with your todays. Will you give me your todays or are you just too busy? You got too many activities going on. God is not saying I need, God is not going to allow us to just live a life where we just kind of add a little bit of Jesus to our week. He wants you waking up in the midnight hour say, God, I'm so hungry for you getting up early before you head off to work and say, God, I dedicate this day to you. God is looking for a full surrender. I'm not talking about another church service. I'm talking about you being on fire in the workplace instead of gossiping, winning people to Jesus. Instead of talking about your neighbors and trash talking them and thinking about how many followers you have. How about making him the star of your show? And I feel God in this place. Come on, we're right on time. This is our moment. This is our time. It's revival time. There's an invitation coming to you today, and God is saying, I've got your yesterdays covered. i got your tomorrows covered. I'm just asking you, would you give me your all? I don't want your bow. I don't want your arrows. I want your whole life. That passion that you had when you first got saved and you wept like a baby, I want that passion back. I want that passion back. I couldn't believe that God saved you from a fiery hell and an eternity burning forever and ever. He says, I want that passion back that's as thankful and grateful that you don't have to spend eternity in a devil's hell. I'm going old school on you, huh? You bet. He says, I want that passion back. 
of gratitude and of heart says, Lord, I surrender all. I don't know about you. I see myself in the basket today again. And I have to be honest with you. I was trying to get by with some arrows and a bow and a headpiece. God, would you take this? God, would you take my little token over here? How about if I give you a little bit of this, Lord? God, can I just preach every once in a while for you? And maybe I can just do my own thing over here. Little bit of Jesus. Go on with the rest of my life. Do my own thing. We are one generation from a generation not knowing Jesus. Because parents are not, oh, dear Jesus. Because parents are not being the spiritual fathers and mothers to lead this next generation into kingdom business. If your kids get up on a Sunday morning and have to ask you, Dad, are we going to church today? You are raising them wrong. In my house, when I grew up, that was never a question. My dad said, get your butt in the car because we going to church today. It was never even. If your kids are asking you. Okay, I'm, I'm almost done. I'm almost done. These are those kind of messages you go home. Oh, dear God, what I say? Oh, God. Ah, baby. My son Nick's probably watching me right now saying, Dad, do I need to fly out? You're going to need help. Study your Bible, the generation after Joshua. The Bible says there was a generation that grew up after Joshua. It should never happen. But because Joshua's generation did not do their spiritual impartation to the next generation like Moses did, there was what the Bible called a strange generation, and they knew not their God. Because Parents didn't choose the priorities for their kids. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. God's going to have our surrender. Does that mean we can't have fun? No. Listen, I'm the, I'm, I'm, I'm the biggest Niners fan you ever seen. I get crazy after this, but I'm going to get God my priority. I'm not... I'm not, I'm not watching the game two-time in God. No, God's going to have my priority. They can have second or third place, though. Come on. Good. Your kids can be in sports, but sports should not be their God. They're really not that good anyhow. You're trying to live your dream through them, and you weren't good. Give them Jesus. I said, give them Jesus. I said, give them Jesus. I said, give them Jesus. Oh, give them Jesus. We gotta sing that. We gotta sing that. Hang, hang on a second. I, 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 I hope they. Oh, I, somebody online, you need to, you need to say something online. You need to say, oh me or oh my. We need a generation. It's Jesus. I'm telling you, God's beginning to talk to me about this nation. We are one generation from a whole generation 
being called a strange generation that does not know their God. Not on my watch. Not on our watch. Not on your watch. Hallelujah. I heard a minister recently say, could it, could it be possible that we have traded our Bibles for baseballs? Traded our worship for whistles? Traded our community for competition? Call this tough if you want. I'm just telling you why you're frustrated. You're frustrated because there's no miracles. Because the Word of God is not working. And I'm here to tell you it doesn't happen automatically. God says, I've got your yesterday's covered and I've got your tomorrow's covered. But I need your participation. I need your passion of full surrender. Raise your hands to heaven. Come on, sing that. But one thing. Because I don't want anyone else. And I don't need anything else. Come on, let's just give application you to this. Are my one oh, Father, you we worship are you. My one I don't want anyone else. And I don't need anything else. Oh, yes. That's our choice. That's what you're looking for. That's what this world's looking for. That's really what you want on the inside of you. That's the only thing that satisfies. It's the only thing that brings peace. It's the only thing that's going to help your marriage. It's the only thing that's going to help you parent your children. It's the only thing that's going to get you out of that that crisis is the only thing that's going to make a way where there seems to be no way. His name is Jesus. That's our choice today. Come on, that's our choice today. Come on, let's sing it. surprises that are going to knock on your door it says I've been sent by heaven above I'm your breakthrough I'm your miracle I'm the thing you've been waiting on get ready month of September October I hear God's surprises 
I believe over the next couple months you need to just get ready. I believe we're going to call some audibles. It's football season. I'm going to call some audibles. And I'll give you much notice. We're going to say, we're going to, hey, we're coming back tonight. We're just going to pray. We're just going to seek God. Thank you for that enthusiasm. I believe there's some audibles in the next couple months where God's just going to call us together in a place of worship and surrender and saying, God, you're the only thing that really matters. If you don't watch it, life itself will make sure you're too busy for God. I, I'm not being mean. I, listen, I'm not being anti any of that. I just know life itself, the way it goes, is going to make sure you have no time for God. And you're going to have to be intentional about what your priorities are. And God's cool. If you want him to be third place in your life, it's cool. Just don't expect that Bible to work for you. But if you want the Word of God to work, and if you want heaven to back you up, and you want help in time of need, you want deliverance and breakthrough, and God's power and God's ability in your life, it demands a surrender of priorities. It demands your passion. And I feel like God, and I, I've been telling my staff this for three months, get ready, get ready, get ready. I know it's coming, get ready, get ready. That God's just going to whisper in my ear and say, hey, call him back. Says so prayer time. Let's see who shows up. Hey, call him back. It's worship time. Just see who shows up. He says, and I'll start working with those surrender to me. I'll start working with those that will show up. There is no revival without prayer. Study it. Every revival that you've ever seen, that this earth has ever experienced, it came because God's people pray. We're a praying church. I said we're a praying church. We're a worshiping church. God says that my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my faith. Turn from their wicked ways. Make a priority. He says, I'll hear from heaven. I'll hear their prayers. I'll forgive their sins and I'll heal their land. Get ready. Audibles are coming. Come on, the last part of this year, audibles are coming. We're going to gather when God says to gather and I believe we're going to start seeing things we've never seen in the history of this church. Surprises are coming to your home. Surprises are coming. Surprises are coming to your home. I must have scared you because I haven't seen one person leave today. Does anybody else burn from for the things of God. Does anybody else want a move of God in your life? Come on, come on. Let me ask this question. Does anybody need to be healed in this place? Come on. Does anybody need to be delivered? Does anybody need some God help in their life? I believe we're closer than we've ever been before. And I believe today the adjustment with our hearts makes the difference. Because if God can find a people that'll give them their todays, Miracles are going to be happening. Father, I'll, I'll stop now.
just messing with me. To think you can get 30 years into it, become some convenient, comfortable, lukewarm preacher. Doesn't even desire the things that he desired at one time. Maybe part of this is because I'm getting ready to go to the Philippines again. I remember on my first trip over there, how I seen the blind eyes open. Give me that again, Lord. It's not just for the Philippines, it's for a celebration right here. Come on. Come on, it's for this place right here. But it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen without consecration. I'm going to ask for my prayer workers to come forward. <laughs> just one more time. Son, could you just say, give me Jesus. Jesus. How, how many of you, you received this today? This has been something you've needed this today. I don't know how you... Honestly, I don't know how you close a service like this. and um, I don't think I'm going to close it. We're just going to make some transition. And we're going to formally dismiss you. And if you need prayer, we're just going to spend some time, go back into this song and worship and linger. And If you need to get saved, get, get your life right, surrender your life, just come forward. We'd love to pray with you. I'd love to agree with you. Um, Honestly, I feel like that came out a little bit probably harsher than what I was expecting. But I'm not going to apologize. I'm excited. Is anybody else excited? I'm excited about what's getting ready to take place. How many of you ready for some audibles? Just some, some times of prayer, some times of worship. You ready for more? Father, I just bless these people. I pray, God, everything that was said, everything that's of you, let it, let it take deep root in people's hearts. God, if there's anything said today that was not of you, Father, let it be crop filler, failure. Let not that seed produce. Father, I cover your people today. I pray for those online today. God, I thank you, Lord, that there is expectation in this place of a greater tomorrow. And we say yes to the invitation. For those that don't know you, Lord, I pray the Spirit of God draw them right now. They call out to you and receive you as Lord and Savior. Father, I thank you for where you're taking us, God. We thank you, Lord, for the God surprises that you have for this church buildings, the land, the, the property to be a beacon to a lost and dying city and world. God bless your people as they go forth this week. May this be an amazing week full of God's surprises. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. We love you, church. God bless you. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus.